1: We might need a bigger boat for this one. This Mm. is Dust Deep Dive brought to you by the Isuzu D-MAX. You can live your own way in the seven-seat Isuzu D-MAX, and you can visit your local Isuzu ute dealer today. And uh, I think this might be one we might want to get the listeners to weigh in on as Mm. well, Heater. So if you want to have your say about this, this is uh, your chance, the temperate bedshed text line 0487 736 736. It's about West Coast. And what ails West Coast? And the answer to that is, Heater, plenty.
0: Mm. If they were a boat at the moment, it'd be okay because there'd be plenty of room on there. Because of everyone's off yeah, at the moment. So, and, but the problem is that there's plenty of holes in that boat as well. So yeah, you might need a few a lot of leaks.
1: Not might need, need a few life rafts yeah. and a few life jackets, I think. So
0: interesting article by Glenn
1: Quartermain in the West Australian today, and, and getting uh, a range of opinions from from various West Coast types and WA Football Commission types and uh, heavy hitters in uh, in WA footy circles. And also, the thing I found fascinating about it was quite predictable. The slants that they would take. Murray McHenry is one of the, as Quarters described him, one of the founding fathers of West Coast. There's a group of business people who feel a, a strong sense of ownership mm. in West Coast because they started up as a private company. There were people who invested a lot of money. And so even though technically now they are owned by the West Australian Football Commission, who basically leases the club out to be run yeah. independently, there is still that group of people that, um, that still feel that strong sense of ownership. And, and it, it sort of creates this impression, right or not, that it's a bit of a boys' club, a bit of a a, a rich boys' toy, and that those people control the club and that um, Trevor Nisbet helps them to control the club. Now, it's hard to argue with their success rate over the years. You know, Like, if West Coast miss finals this year, which they will, let's be realistic about it, and if they miss finals next year, which they're a strong chance to, it Mm. will be the first time they've spent four years out of the finals over the club's history. But having said that, they have sunk so low at the moment. The one thing that enables you to get away with running a club the way West Coast is run, where members have very little say in how the club is run, is when you are successful because there is, as Ross Lyon once said, winning requires no explanation. But when you get to where they've gotten... People will want to have a say, and mm. people will want to see an appetite for change. And I think there are murmurings of this, and there are stirrings of this happening behind the scenes at West Coast at the moment. But will it come to fruition, or will they try to ride, try to ride out the storm? Because the thing is about the AFL, right? Because the AFL is effectively a socialist system, and it it props up the weaker teams. Mm that basically West Coast will come back. Mm. The system is designed for them to come back. And what one thing that Trevor Newsbet has always been smart enough to do, whether he's been footy manager or the CEO, is basically let the system work for you. So therefore, when you're down the bottom, draft, get high quality in, get as many good kids as you can. And then when you get that critical mass of talent, mm. then you climb the ladder. And then you try and top up and create a premiership team for specific needs. So that's what they've done smart. I suspect they'll try and do that again. But other clubs and their executives and their staff pay the price for being down the bottom. Mm. So the big question is, should people at West Coast pay the price as well? Or should this just go on forever and ever where (laughs) when, when they're down the bottom... They, um, they say, oh, we need Trevor's experience to get us through this. And when they're up the top, they say, we're, going, yeah. we're going so well, yep. you know, like don't change anything. So yes. that's going to be the big question at West Coast, I think, and, and whether there's an appetite for change and whether there are mechanisms by which they can achieve change mm. the way the club is currently structured.
0: Well, I guess it's, you know, how long can you just stop and point at results and have that be what you fall back on, but also how much change is enough in the perception of the people that are calling for it at the moment.
1: Also, I think what they have to do is that, and whether this is done internally or externally, whether it's as Brian Siracosky says, it's an independent source running the the ruler over the club or whether it's the club's board um, basically running the ruler over its executives and staff or whether it's you know the West Australian Football Commission wanting to have a hand in it and saying, no, you need an independent review. doesn't matter who does it, but the questions they have to ask, that have to be asked here is, how much of this is beyond club control? Mm. So in other words, how much of this is basically the product of being up the top for a while, not getting many top-end picks, and then running out of legs with the squad, and also with the injuries, how many of them are... Impact injuries, contact injuries—that nothing could have been done about it. Just a, just a, a, a inevitable consequence of playing a contact sport, and how many of them could have been a, avoided. See, I think there's some list management faux pas. Yeah, here, so West Coast. Yeah, I, I think that Nick Natzu's two-year deal is a misma is a list management faux pas. I think there was no need to give Nick any more than one. And if that means Nick wants to have a look around, I think the Eagles could have easily said to Nick Nui, we're giving you one year as a player, and, and because you're so valuable to the club, um, if it doesn't work out for you, if your body does give way, then we will look to employ you on good money mm. in our marketing department, and you can be one of the big figureheads of our club and in our community. And Nick Nui would have been a great asset for the club in that regard. And it may be that they can still do that. So maybe it's not of great cost. The two-year deal for Jeremy McGovern, I worry about. Mm. Um, Now, it's probably on vastly reduced money, but I think Jeremy McGovern only gets one year. Given that he missed 12 games last year, he missed seven games the year before, he missed six games Mm. the year before that, he's rising 31. Um, You know, will he miss less than 12 games this year? I doubt it. Mm. Uh, So... Why there was a need to rush to a two-year deal for Jeremy McGovern, I'm not sure.
0: Would he have a trigger of some kind to get to a two-year deal, or would that just
1: be... That's quite possible, and West Coast don't talk a lot about contracts. Yeah. So there is quite possibly a trigger in place. Mm. Um, But having said that, um, if if there is a trigger, I'm not sure why they wouldn't have announced the deal by now. I, I think they know it's not a good look. Yeah with the way their squad is at the moment, to have that deal find its way officially into the public arena.
0: So your deal and he's not out there. That's right. Yeah. Luke Shuey, should
1: Luke Shuey have been retained as captain? It's a good question. At the start of the summer, I was of the opinion that uh, Luke Shuey should have handed over the reins to mm. someone else, given the the problematic nature of his soft tissue concerns. Mm. By the end of the summer, I'd kind of half come around to, okay, you know, there's not... An overwhelmingly clear successor. They'd probably want to wait another year or two to see how Oscar Allen goes to see if um, mm. if he is a guy that could step into that. Um, so maybe maybe Luke Shuey's a good one to keep going for you. But it, but again, he's played um, four games, been pulled off the ground in two of those games. So effectively, he's only played two. He's probably going to miss another four to five weeks now. So we're looking at a another season for Luke where he's. Probably going to miss, you know, minimum six or seven and potentially 10, 11, 12 more weeks. Mm. Luke Shuey, I would imagine, is probably a strong chance to retire at the end of the season unless they can reach a turning point with his injuries. Should he have been captain? They might have been healthier had they even appointed someone like a Liam Duggan, a good, strong, solid citizen, been pretty durable in recent seasons. Um, maybe he was a guy that they could have given the captaincy to, or Tom Barris, who was there at the end of the day as their reigning best and fairest winner.
0: Have they paid too much respect and too much of a tribute to some of these guys with the two-year deals and you know their, their efforts on field and you know the standing that they have at the club? I think definitely. Yeah. I think there's been a bit of,
1: yeah, a, 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 an oversupply of respect for the 2018 Premiership Group. Mm. And at the end of the day, you've still got to be looking out for the club, going forward, and the club is always bigger than any individual. Now, there was talk early in the season that, you know, maybe the McGovern brothers would want to play together at, at some time. Of course, Mitch is at Carlton. Carlton is a club that could do with another tall defender, so then maybe they were worried about the Blues coming for, for Jeremy with, mm. with big money. But given the state of his body, you know, you'd be tempted to say, let them. Mm. And I, he would have left as a free agent, but still there would have been some sort of comp- compensation in it for West Coast. You just bid the Blues up to a certain amount, um, take the compensation you get for him, and then you get probably you know another draft pick that helps accelerate your rebuild. So, yeah, I would say... Um, there definitely has been.
0: Do weigh up, um, you know, sort of what a best approach would be, or is it, you know, case-by-case case basis? Because we've got West Coast sort of handing over two-year deals. We had the Fremantle Dockers, you know, sort of saying, go and have a look around and see what you can get out there because we think you're worth this much and we're happy to provide this much. And then they've had players leave. West Coast have had players stay, but they've both ended up sort of with negative uh, ramifications from the um, sort of uh approaches that they took
1: yeah so i think there's no doubt that the departures from Fremantle have hurt Mm. there's no doubt um mainly the four that were inside their best 22 so we're talking about griffin lowe we're talking about rory lobb david mundy and blake akers now i would argue that they're okay to retire david mundy at the age of 36 or 37 Mm. sooner or later if that guy keeps coming back he comes back for one year too many so that's okay they miss him don't get me wrong they miss what he was doing yeah in 2021 and to a lesser degree in 2022, but I still think that's okay. I'm am fascinated by the fact that they shifted Blake Akers because they believed they had better options, and then their better option was Ethan Hughes, who has basically always been a depth defender. Yeah, that's that to me is strange. Mm. I mean, put Neil Erasmus in there, start Matthew Johnson yeah. on that wing, put Carl Warner into that position that's right. as well, but but don't go to a depth defender mm. arguing that you've let a, a guy who was in all Australian contention, Blake Acres last mm. year, you've let him go. You didn't want to match anything the Carlton were putting up. They couldn't match the bid for Logue. Yeah. Um, they felt that they couldn't pay Logue what North Melbourne were going to pay. Yeah, him. for sure. Yeah. And Rory Lobb wanted to go. Yeah. But it still left holes that in the short term they haven't been able to fill. Now, I think in the longer term they'll be able to. Mm. Um, but in the short term, it's been difficult for them. As far as, yeah, I I think West Coast would have been better to take a stronger stand with their older players and say, sorry, given the state of your body, Mm. um, we don't think we can offer you that. And, of course, it's been absolutely complicated and compounded by the fact that Jamie Cripps breaks his ankle, that Campbell Chesser hurts his knee, um, that all these impact injuries have occurred, Harry Edwards and his wrist, Dom Sheed and his throat. Mm these things make a bad situation worse, but it doesn't mean that there weren't errors made. Mm. And it also doesn't mean that people shouldn't pay for those errors. That's the question. Have these errors been significant enough for people to be made to pay for them?
0: And I think uh, some of the fans are definitely going to feel that way about it. But so uh, we'd love to hear from them uh, on that topic, uh, on any topic across the morning as well. 0487 736 736. But what, why can't fans vote for club? Hierarchies. It's a good question. I guess if
1: you read the social media yeah, sites yeah, I mean, after a bad loss, yeah. um, I'm fascinated to read Fremantles. I think there's that um, oh, that Facebook yeah. group, Freeo Voice. Yeah, But there's some people on that that yeah. should, they probably should go and see, check. Go yeah. and see somebody. Yeah, because they get very very emotional. We all don't like to see no. our team play badly, but. Jeepers, there's some over-the-top life and stuff. Yeah. Like I read someone posting the other day that Andrew Brayshaw and Alex Pierce had to be dropped.
0: Right. Andrew Brayshaw. Okay.
1: Now, Andrew Brayshaw is not playing as well as Andrew Brayshaw can play, but yeah. Andrew Brayshaw would still be in Fremantle's best six <laughs> players this season. Now, that's not setting the bar very high because they've got a lot of guys yeah. low in confidence and out of form,
0: but Jeepers. I'm interested to see uh, that comments as best 22. <laughs> the, the,
1: the West Coast um fans tend to split into two different groups i reckon there's the entitled group who whenever they start playing badly they just get on them mm. and get very vitriolic like those that Fremantle voice group mm. on facebook but then there's another group who just go, oh, yeah, oh well, you yeah. know, we've got our tickets. We have to keep our tickets because yeah. we want to get in the stadium Still next year. the best year. team in the state. Um, <laughs>
0: that's, so that's the mindset that here. they have for. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, that's their fallback. We've, yeah. we've won flags, yeah, they haven't, yeah, so yeah, therefore we're okay. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting point that someone made off-air in the studio earlier on. What West Coast is going through would be unbearable mm. if Fremantle were having the sort of season yeah. they were having last year. Yeah. But because Fremantle is struggling as well, it's okay. There's there's flak flying everywhere. Like. <laughs> it's it's more like Scud missile flak just being sprayed around mm. as opposed to. Patriot missile flak, which is directed specifically at your football club.
0: Everyone's coping a little bit of damage at the moment. Yeah. (laughs) All right, we'll take a break. What do you
1: think? You can have your say on the temper at Bed Shed text line 0487 736 736 or you can call us on the open line 13 12 55. That was Duff's Deep Dive brought to you by the Isuzu D-Max. You can live your own way in the seven seat Isuzu D-Max and visit your local Isuzu Ute dealer. Today, we'll be back after the break.